Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I would say Twitter does not usually uh, dictate who a guest will be on Enough About Me, but sometimes it will. And this week, I got tweets from this one sort of crazy guy who kept saying, you don't have the balls to have John Ziegler on. Why are you afraid of Ziegler? We've had Ziegler on, on the show a few times, so I was like, I'm not afraid of him. But then I thought, you know what? Ziegler's an interesting guy. He, he's fucking crazy, but he's sort of smart. He's a good talker. And he's exactly what like this podcast is. You give this guy an hour and sort of have him do his insanity. But instead of sitting there, you actually go back and forth. It was this is a fantastic. It worked podcast. out pretty well. It is a fantastic podcast. If you like a good argument, yes, and, and two people that are engaged in the argument, and right? So just one person yelling at the other. Well, you're here, both yelling at each other. Well, here's the thing, Ben. Is I went into the podcast 100 percent convinced that Jerry Sandusky is totally guilty, mm-hmm. completely guilty. I left the podcast 99.996 percent that he's totally guilty, and to move even that much is fucking incredible. When you think about the evidence against Sandusky, but John Ziegler, who's been a radio guy and is now sort of leading this one man Sandusky is innocent charge, the, 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 the passion he has for it and the, in, in the amount of time he's worked on it, you know, he's crazy. I think Sandusky's a puke. He's reprehensible. He's, we, we know all that stuff. But in an odd, weird way, admire is not the right word. I don't know what it is, but Jesus, is he into it and not to his professional game? No, he talks about how this really put a, a screw to his career. Yes. And, and it's kind of fascinating. And you want to know why? Why do you do this? Why did you do this to yourself over something like this that doesn't matter to you? Would you say it's the only podcast in America this week where one person references Matt Lauer uh, having a penis put in his mouth? I am 99.9% you are, you, positive. You feel safe saying that? I, I think maybe hashtag dork with Rich Keith <laughs> yeah, might bring that up. I don't true. know. He may do that. All right. So it's John Ziegler. It is wild. It is definitely worth a listen. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to help me with this one, John. I was flying from Boston to California, so I'm gonna say it was 2005, maybe, uh, when I just randomly picked up the magazine at the airport and read the David Foster Wallace story on you, <laughs> which literally took me, you know, but you know the way he wrote, it took me the entire six hour flight to read the story, uh, you know, with his footnotes and stuff, and that was the first profile, and that that is, I mean, that's you, right? That's the same John Ziegler. Right? There's only one, John yes. Ziegler. Uh, Ziegler, I apologize. And you were in California then? Yeah, I still am. You, oh, you still are there. Okay, okay. But you, what was, you know, and I know you've, I reading about you've been kind of critical of Foster Wallace. I was a fan of some of his stuff. Not all of his stuff. Obviously, his life ended tragically. How much time did he spend with you when he wrote the story? Was that in the Atlantic? I, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I should have researched this. Well, research is always good. But no, I, yeah, I, I blew I, that I one. in on it. Yeah, um, please. It was a fascinating experience. Um, I, I was really ignorant uh, and did not know who David Foster Wallace was. Mm-hmm. And he wrote me a letter, which I still have, asking whether or not he could uh, shadow me for a couple of months to do a feature story. Mm-hmm. And not knowing who he was, I actually thought, well, this will be interesting, but nothing will ever really come of it. So 
I I stupidly agreed, and uh, he literally shouted me every day for at least two months. It might have been longer than that. And then he went away, and um, yeah, I, I I in fact I remember calling him and saying, "Hey, whatever happened to that? I thought there was going to be a uh, a feature." And uh, he said, "Oh no, no, don't worry about it." And you got to remember, you know, uh, Google really wasn't. Oh, not at all. Yeah, I mean, infancy anyway. Yeah. Right. And so at that point, all I, you know, today, all I would have done was Google David Foster Wallace and I would have realized what an idiot I was uh, and, you know, what a big deal this guy was. But part of the reason why I never did it is that he was so incredibly unimpressive in person. Really? I'm, I mean, I'm talking about, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of people in my career, a lot of very high profile people in my career. Uh, I have a pretty good sense for who has it and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And David Foster Wallace, um, I would have more likely thought was a homeless person than a, um, you know, a, a preeminent writer considered to be the genius of his generation. Right. Uh, uh, it just, it never would have occurred to me. And this was in, after dealing with him, as I said, on a daily basis for a couple of months and doing some extensive interviews with him. And then when the article came out, <laughs> my opinion didn't change because, well, I was stunned to find out that what a big deal he was. Um, in the first paragraph of that 23-page, I think it's a 23-page cover story in Atlantic Magazine. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, uh, in the first paragraph, there are at least three clear factual errors in the first paragraph. Right. Uh, and um, and so he, he's not someone who, who really cared very much about facts, Uh and and it's my and you know it's, I I got criticized when he committed suicide not long after uh, this profile which I don't think was the cause of his suicide I hope not no that was I mean that was a good seven or eight years after mm, I don't he, think it was no it wasn't no really no it was not it was not that much longer oh wow I thought it was I thought it was like 2010 2011 we'll we'll look it up go ahead no but but in 2008 fact, you're right four years after <clears throat> well and in, in fact it, um, the, his his profile of me. Is the I think it's the last chapter in Consider the Lobster, which I guess was his last. Yes, book. His, that's his essay book, right? That's in right. there, yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, anyway, it's not that long afterwards, right? And um, and when he when he did die, I said, I think he killed himself because he was afraid of being found out as as a fraud, uh, that he realized he was not a genius. And the first thing you do when you're not a genius and you realize you're not a genius is you, you act bizarrely, which his article on me was bizarre by any stretch. Uh, it was written in a very strange way. And when you're David Foster Wallace and you're strange, you're considered to be a genius. Well, um, And I got criticized quite a bit, and understandably so, for people who were fans of David Foster Wallace who didn't know him and spent the time I had with him. You know, what, why are you saying this about a guy who just died? Well, they'd made a movie about David Foster Wallace. And in the trailer for the movie, the David Foster Wallace character affected – and I'm not suggesting he's quoting me, but he, he it's almost verbatim, and I forget the exact words, but something to the effect of I've always been afraid of being thought of as a fraud. Well, I write – I don't know if you – you probably didn't read – there was a biography of him a couple of years ago, uh, and that is that – is, you are right, and I don't know if it's specific, sorry, to your story, but that is something that he battled with his, his entire adult life. Well, I did not know that. I came to that conclusion on my own, and I and I felt vindicated by the fact that in the trailer of the movie of his life, the, the David Foster Wallace character says exactly that. I don't want to get too I don't want to get too super sidetracked on this. I'll say this though, uh, in his defense or whatever, from your perspective, 
I don't think it's, and you might disagree, because I, I reread it recently, I don't think it's a completely unflattering portrayal of you. Like, I don't think he, it comes across that he dislikes you when, when you read the story. Well, unlike Donald Trump, that's not the only way I evaluate people. No, I, no, I understood, but I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, you know, I don't, I don't think it was a, a total hit job. Well, my theory on it is that he intended it to be a hit job, <laughs> expected it to be a hit job. And um, and was surprised that he actually ended up liking me. Yeah, okay, uh, that, that that might be fair. Yeah, that's what I think happened um, because it is it is a partial hit job and it's not uh, entirely accurate. And as I said in the first paragraph, there there are three or four very basic factual errors. Well, here's so. the, here's the, here's the thing, uh, John. It's what I do, and it's what you've done. Is when you're in radio and you are an opinionated person, like you are, and I am. You do have people who float in, guys like David Foster Wallace, who think that we are beneath what they do, if that makes sense. Oh, sure. No, no, no. So he there's that. A, no, no, absolutely. There's a there's an elitist view of talk radio, which unfortunately in the in the era of Donald Trump, I think, has now been vindicated. <laughs> you think you think because Trump was elected that, that, that vindicates that thought process? I think the fact that talk radio is sold out to Donald Trump has vindicated every negative stereotype of talk well, radio. Well, saying talk radio is kind of a, a wide blanket, isn't it, to say that? Well, certainly within the political realm. I know you do more sports. Well, we do plenty of politics in our show, too. But, I, but I, yeah, but I would say that also But it also goes for television. It goes for cable television. If you're going to say that, I mean, it's more than radio, right? What is more than radio? Well, I'm saying you're saying if radio has, I would say certainly uh, a lot of television talking heads, uh, Fox, for example, has also done the same thing, right? Oh, absolutely. No, Fox News Channel has basically become the same thing. I mean, it, it's no, no, no question. So, what are you doing? So, what are you doing now? What is your what is your uh, job? Are you are you still a syndicated radio host? No, actually, I just ended the nationally syndicated uh, radio talk show, uh, partially because of Trump's election. I write a column three or four times a week for Mediate. I do a a um, podcast on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. um, and uh, basically I take care of my daughter, and my I'm about to have a second uh, child in in April, and uh, as you're well aware, I we'll get there. How, how old How old are you now? I'm 49 years old. 49 years old, and you're having a kid of 49. I, I never walk me through that. That's too old to have a kid, John. Well, it just it wasn't planned this way. It just no. kind of happened. Yeah. Um, uh, and and you know, it, it definitely concerns me about uh, what what that's going to mean in the long run. But in the short run, I'm you know I'm a pretty uh, healthy and young 49, and uh, I, you know I I I, I think that um, assuming that I remain healthy, that this wasn't the worst way for this to go because right. I I don't think I was ready as a as a younger person to have a child. I never I never thought I'd get married. Uh, forget about having two kids. So, so no, it's, weird how, it's weird how life works out. So let's 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 get to it. We've, we've been on with me and, and Dino when he was with us and Jerry. It's just me and Jerry now. But uh, we went on, and, and basically what it comes down to is is here's your take, and, and we'll get into the, the specifics. But you think Jerry Sandusky, who is obviously still in prison right now, is completely 100% innocent of the charges that have been levied against him. Is that an accurate statement or not? Uh, I don't think it. I know it. You, I mean, it's not in the most bizarre part of this ridiculous case, which I've been investigating now for almost five years in a way that no one else has. Is that it's not even close. It's not. It's not even close. It's uh, and it's it's and it's what's most amazing about it is that people who are convinced that I'm nuts know nothing. Well, about you can the have case. you. I, I would. I, I mean, I know you're a smart guy. 
you can understand why, and we'll get into it, why the uh, default reaction when I say that and you say what you say, if we if we just went off the air right now, why people would say Ziegler's out of his fucking mind, right? I mean, you can you, you intellectually can understand that. Absolutely, and guess what? That's exactly that reaction, and this is really important, might be the most important thing I say in this whole interview. That reaction, while universal, is exactly why this injustice was allowed to happen. So the eight, so, so the... John, you still on there? Yeah. I'm oh, we caught, sorry. We, I thought we lost you for a second. So the eight, the eight young guy, young men who testified they were molested by Sandusky as boys, all eight are lying. Well, I'd like to go. I mean, I'd be happy to go through all. Yeah, no, no. We've done it, but I'm just, I'm, you know. So my reaction is everybody involved in. They the, didn't tell the truth. I, what they said at trial is not true. But also, it's important to point out that uh, four of those eight that you refer to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even sure they actually alleged crimes. Uh, so, I mean, it, there's been so many mythologies created about about uh, this case, but the most important thing people need to understand about it is that we forgot, we, we went on an incredible domino effect that cre- was created by a nuclear explosion, which was Joe Paterno's firing back in November of 2011. Mm-hmm. And we forgot, we just completely just whether or not the first part of the domino effect was legitimate. All right, here's here, the, during the first week of the trial, the courtroom truly belonged to the Sandusky Eight, the young men who said they were seduced, molested, and betrayed. In just four days, they told an unforgettable story about the man who called himself Tickle Monster, the Great Pretender. They said he blew raspberries on their bellies, spooned with them on the basement waterbed, and soaped them up in Penn State's locker room showers. One testified that Sandusky picked him up in the shower from behind, saying, I'm going to squeeze your guts out. Okay. What, what is not true there? Well, it's hard to know what's not true, although that's not none of that right there is what created the uh Well the forget concept. that, but but what's but why but what but, but what is but why is that but why is that not true? But why is that not true? I don't know any I have no way of knowing because I wasn't there. But you just said he's hundred percent innocent, so well, you said you know it for a fact. Hold on, John, if you know it for a fact, and I'll give you plenty of time. If you know that for a fact, why is what they're saying you don't know if it's true or not. If because, you know that for a fact, how, how can that be in doubt? Because what you just read mm-hmm. is not is first of all, I'm not sure I have to reread what you just read to me. I'm not sure anything there is overtly a crime. Um, well, but, but John, John, time out, time out. If a grown man is blowing raspberries on their bellies, spooning with right. them on his basement waterbed, but, and soaping them up in shower room uh, lockers. Yeah. Whether or not it's a crime, me, you would you would you would agree that a grown man doing that with children uh, or underage boys is would you say questionable? Absolutely, it's okay. incredibly stupid. It's inappropriate. So I don't you think know if it's so criminal? Th- but I also don't know that it happened because he. Let me explain to you what I think sure. did happen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Okay. Here's what I. Here's what really happened in this case. All right. This case began with one guy by the name of Aaron Vischer. One guy made a complaint that was incredibly vague and very benign. This was after decades, decades of Jerry Sandusky having a uh, absolutely perfect record or nearly perfect record. Well, history, I would say just a quick uh, David Foster Wallace footnote on that. I would say that history, and you would agree, is filled with people who we thought had clean records and then we find out things. I understand that. that. Okay, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 Trust me, I, I get all this, and I, I and I 
presumed, it's important to point out, not only do I have no connection to Penn State, in fact, I have disdain for Penn State now, uh, great disdain for it, but uh, I presumed at the beginning of all this that Jerry Sandusky was guilty as hell. Mm -hmm. That was my presumption, okay? And I went in and I interviewed him in prison uh, for three and a half hours, went on the Today Show afterwards, and effectively declared him guilty after Matt Lauer asked me three times whether or not I thought he was guilty. Right. I wasn't sure at the time, but I, I realized that if I was going to, you know, any effort to try to, to vindicate Joe Paterno was going to be destroyed if I was seen as a Sandusky supporter. And at that point, I didn't know, because I didn't have enough information, whether or not Sandusky was, was really innocent, as my gut instinct was telling me he might be. So what I did was I spent the next year plus trying to disprove my gut instinct, which was to, to try to prove, okay, what evidence is there that Jerry really is a pedophile? Because this is making no fucking sense, and mm -hmm. there's so little evidence. And I also don't want to – it is not in my self-interest, obviously, to anybody. You already said you realize I'm not an idiot. It is not in my self-interest to come out and say Jerry Sandusky is innocent. Well, does it, it hurt you professionally? Of course, Matt. The second time I went on the Today Show with uh, Jerry's wife Dottie Sandusky, mm -hmm. Matt Lauer live declared my career dead, and I agreed with him. I, I, I had, in fact, I think he, I think he was quoting me. Uh, he did it in the nicest way possible, but I was fully aware that that was going to be the reaction. How about, was, how about, how about we'll just do? We'll start with wedge victim number one. You can walk me through it. Eighteen right. years old. Uh, he that's was a wrestler. He met, I just preferred. Yep, him. right. He said Sandusky cracked his back and kissed him in 2005. Uh -huh. Later, initiated oral sex. Said it stayed at Sandusky's house more than 100 times. Yep, and you know what? Um, you know when he said that? He said that at the trial three years after his first story. Yeah, but but and, but and, but that, but, that, but I would ask you this. Does, let, does, me, let me tell you. Let me tell does you. Does that now, mean he's me, lying on, on the stand? No. Well, let me tell you the Aaron Fisher story, and you mm -hmm. can decide whether or not you think he's lying. Because uh, I am convinced that Aaron Fisher is lying, and you know who else believes Aaron Fisher is lying? Twelve different people I have on the record who are exceedingly close to him, including close relatives, girlfriends, best buddies during the times of the allegations, uh, people who sponsored his, uh, a rally in support of him and who now feel as if they were duped. Twelve different people on the record, on their names, against their own self-interest. Not one person. I'm incredibly well known in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, where Aaron Fisher is from. How about number, how about, one, how about, how about number nine? Number nine that's said that's Sandusky, that's Sandusky that's performed that's oral sex on him, sodomized him in the basement bathroom. It, the problem is, the problem is, John, John, hold on. The problem is, the problem I do, I believe, I didn't fall. John, 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 I agree. John, I agree. You spent more time on this than I have. Number nine is another guy. And it does, and it does seem, it does seem to me, hold on. It does seem to me, it does. Is lying and have any case because it, the whole case relies on Aaron. It Fisher. does seem to me that Sandusky has a habit of uh, dealing no, 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 no. with. No, you're not understanding. John, John, I, John, John, I understand. You're it not seems understanding to me the case. that Sandusky has a habit of of no. picking up boys who have uh, father issues, who don't have fathers, who, who fathers are aren't around. Is that fair to say? That's you're you're obfuscating the issue here. If you acknowledge that Aaron Fisher is lying, which he absolutely, I'm not is, acknowledging he's lying. You are. I'm not. I, okay, but I, but I'm not acknowging he's lying. You are. We disagree. We Why dis did you want to move on? Why did you because, want to move because on you from said, Aaron Fisher? Because you said you said Fisher's lying, and I'm saying, okay, you think Fisher's lying. Okay, that's well, up. let me tell you why that's, that's up. important. That's let up. me tell you why that's important. Can I tell go, you why yeah, that's go important? Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Okay, the reason why that's so incredibly critical. See, see what you're doing, and most people, I'll agree that most people think this way. Oh, well, it's one out of, they think now, 32, which is bullshit. Um, but, or, or even, you know, if they're logical, they go one out of eight of the trial. Okay, if one's lying, it doesn't mean the other seven are. In this case, it does, because Aaron Fisher was the entire case for two years. But, but John... But, John, on, I, I, John, 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 it's John. It's a back and forth conversation. You would no, agree, no, no. though. You would agree, though, that and I'm not. Listen, we can forget. Say, I think Sandusky's guilty. You don't. We'll focus on that for a second. You don't have any information. But, John, I'm you reading you. John, I'm reading you things. I'm reading you things. What I'm saying is, would you, would you, John, John, you ask me to let you finish. Give me a second. You'd agree. Uh, that, that occasionally, on, or, or very often, in cases like this, whether you forget Sandusky, other cases. That once some once hold on once somebody opens their mouth and starts talking that occasionally like with Cosby say other people will follow right. it doesn't mean it doesn't mean because Fisher was the only guy for two years that doesn't mean that Sandusky's innocent that Fisher's lying I understand that except you won't let me tell you the rest of the I'm, story go ahead I'm listening <laughs> here here's it's not a monologue John so, go ahead so so Aaron when you, I know far as you've already acknowledged I know far more about this case than you or anybody else go ahead I'm listening and Aaron Fisher Aaron Fisher was the entire case for two years they tried vociferously they tried everything they could to find other accusers they could find nothing during the course of that that two-year period they asked several of the later accusers whether anything happened not one not one person ever at trial ever in their first version of the story said anything about Jerry Sandusky sexually abusing them. Here's what really did happen. Here's what really happened. The case was about to be dropped after Aaron Fisher couldn't even testify at a grand jury. He tried twice, failed miserably, couldn't even answer questions. The third time, he has to read, he has to read his testimony with his therapist, who I believe was the source of most of these stories. That which were completely different three years later than they were at the time. And again, I have interviews with his best buddies during the times of the allegations, and they all say this is bullshit. There's no possible way, and it's not just them. It's everybody. Well, then how do you how do you explain how do you explain how do you explain number four to me? How do you explain number four? Cited repeated instances of oral sex. How do you explain number five? How do you explain number nine? So they all again, Fisher. You're going to say Fisher. Effect, so I'm they so they all got together it. and made up stories, you know, pretty I'm, detailed stories about you Sandusky want, you molesting. Want to hear what, you asked me a question. I'm happy to answer what happened with number four because number four is the next key domino. It's, uh, so I'm glad you asked me about number four. So for two years we have this bullshit. This bullshit, ever-evolving story of Aaron Fisher, who's got a welfare queen mom who immediately is looking for money in this story, and Aaron Fisher wants money. And guess who ends up getting paid millions of dollars in all this? Aaron Fisher and his mom. So you got this story going on for two years. The investigation's going nowhere. Then all of a sudden, they interview victim number four. Victim number four is saying to investigators, Nothing ever happened sexually with Jerry Sandusky. His attorney at the interview with the police officers, by the way, kind of weird that he has an attorney. No reason for him to have an attorney other than the fact that eventually he gets paid millions of dollars, and this attorney makes a lot of that change. This attorney tells the police, and this is all on tape, played a trial, tells the police, can we stop the interview? They think that they turn the recorder off. But they didn't. And on the recording, the police officer and the lawyer conspire to lie to victim number four about what other 
accusers. At this point, there's no other accusers other than Aaron Fisher. Have you have you have you have you played this? Do you have this on your website? Is there somewhere I can see the, this? The transcript of it is on our website. On your it's website, public. It is public record. Okay. It is. It is. It was widely reported during the trial. It's just that nobody in the media gave a shit because they already decided since Paterno had already been fired that Jerry must be guilty. So so this this tape in any other case at trial would have been a massive gigantic bombshell that you have a lawyer conspiring with police to lie to to tell this victim that there are other accusers that don't actually exist who are saying X, Y, and Z. And guess what happens once they turn the recording back on? Victim number four suddenly tells a completely different story, which fits with what, with what they had just told him about what other accusers were allegedly saying, which they weren't. And by the way, victim number four's story requires requires Dottie Sandusky, who I have gotten to know exceedingly well. A woman who a woman who a woman who I and many believe uh knew about the rapings because going on in the, in, the in the basement in the basement in the basement of her in the basement of her own home. Go ahead, Dottie Sandusky. All right, so she has to be lying because the, the victim four places her as a witness. Well I believe to the that events. how no, about how about all right all right how about Matt Sandusky? Well, I know. Well, I know you've had plenty of issues with. <laughs> if you believe Matt Sandusky, then then you are either know nothing about the case, or you are a complete imbecile. Because nobody believe nobody believes Matt Sandusky, who knows anything about this case. Let me tell you about Matt Sandusky's story. Mm-hmm. So Matt Sandusky's story story is this: Dur- um, <clears throat> Matt Sandusky, at the age of eighteen, mm-hmm. eighteen begs Jerry and Dottie to adopt him, which they do, which is well after is now alleged abuse. We fast forward to when these allegations uh, first surface. Yep. The biggest supporter publicly for Jerry Sandusky is Matt Sandusky. He testifies. The only time he testifies in the whole case is in a grand jury, and he testifies in with great strength in Jerry's defense. In fact, he wants to hold a press conference after his testimony to defend Jerry Sandusky. This is as a as a thirty-something-year-old adult. This is after the allegations have been uh, been in local newspaper. He is as strong in Jerry's defense as he possibly could be. When Jerry gets arrested. Okay, when Jerry gets arrested, this is incredibly important. Matt Sandusky goes to court. He goes to court against his ex-wife in order for his young children to be able to see Jerry Sandusky under house arrest after the whole world has caved in on Jerry Sandusky. This is a guy who never, not until, here's when Matt Sandusky changes his story. He's the biggest defender of Jerry Sandusky until day one of the trial, where he's sitting next to Dottie Sandusky in court, and he sees that this is the Salem witch trial. That's what happens here. He looks around and he goes, holy fuck, this is really going to happen. I'm going to lose my meal ticket. My name, which has been gold for, for my whole life since I was a teenager, is now shit. And I got to make a decision. I'm, e- I'm either jumping, you know, I'm going down with the ship, or I'm jumping ship, and maybe I can make some coin out of it. Do you have any this. proof that he said that or articulated these thoughts? Yes, his own siblings. His, his, he has five siblings, every single one of them. 
against their own self-interest has been publicly and privately 100% positive. Not even a little bit of... of now, I'm reading, uh, I'm reading Jeff... Per- tried, hold on, hold on. I'm just, uh, he tried to get John, them to John, 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 John. I'm reading uh, John, 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 John. Relax for a second. A I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading. Crap. I'm reading Jeff Perlman, and Jeff Perlman spoke to oh Jeff. Uh, who, yes, spoke, a good, who spoke? A good who spoke story. to Jeff Sandusky? Jeff Sandusky said that that's not true. He said he, he would have never said that. He never <laughs> yes, said that. That's, that's his brother. You said so. So he's making. So when it fits your agenda, it's it's true. No, when it doesn't, people make up quotes. So Jeff Perlman. Jeff. So Jeff. But I know Jeff Perlman. So Jeff Perlman. So Jeff yeah, Perlman, yeah. hold on. So Jeff Perlman is making this up. Yes. Jeff so okay. Perlman so Jeff Perlman is making it up. The, uh, so yes. so so the he kid. So everyone who's molested was lying. Yes. Jeff Perlman, who talked to the brother, is lying. So when it yes. fits their side, they're lying. When it's your side, it's one hundred percent truth. No, I mean I'm just telling right? you what I know. The case based upon my. And why is everything that Tommy Sandusky say to you a fact? Why is she? Why is she telling the truth all the time? How do you know that? Well, let's do the just do the magic. Well, how do you how do you know she was in the house? Kids were in that house in that basement with right. Jerry Sandusky. You, you'll admit, got, hold on, hold on. You hold on. You will concede. You, you, you will concede that there were kids in the basement with Jerry Sandusky, right? <laughs> you ever been in that in that basement? You ever been in that basement? No, I have not. You no, have. I, I have. Been in that basement. That's not. That's not. From that that's basement. Not, not the question I asked. Was Jerry Sandusky? Was Jerry Sandusky? Was in that basement. Matt Lauer was in that basement. Matt Lauer went down in that. basement. Yeah, I don't think he was the, down there with Jerry Sandusky when Jerry Sandusky right. was trying to put his dick right. in Matt Lauer's mouth. Yeah, I don't think that's. What, I don't think that's what that's, was going that, on. Yeah, that's that's classy. Oh, that's but so but classy. saying. Oh, but saying. Never happened. But saying. But saying some guy. But saying some guy who was raped by Jerry Sandusky is a fucking liar. Is classy, John? We can put class to the side. You're defending Jerry Sandusky, okay? My point is, we're, we're kids. We're kids. We're kids. We're, we're kids down there with Jerry. I'm asking just okay. I'm asking you a question. Was Jerry Sandusky ever alone down there with kids? I'm sure he was. But if you if you were in the basement, you as Matt Lauer. Well, go ahead. Explain it. You would realize you would realize that it's utterly impossible for what was alleged to have happened because that room in the basement is about uh, 12 steps in a poorly insulated small house from the kitchen where you can hear everything. In fact, CNN CNN proved this while trying to manipulate Dottie Sandusky during our interview the day after the Today Show interview, where they had Dottie, they had Dottie Sandusky go down to that room, and from the kitchen, they recorded her talking to them. I mean, it's it's absurd. Dottie Sandusky is the church lady. I don't even <laughs> like her, but I have gotten to know her exceedingly well. There is absolutely, positively, no fucking way that she had why? 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 Be- because she would listen, listen to what she does now. She, first of all, again, I, his, you would say again, history is filled with not only enablers, but people who don't want to believe things. Right. Right. So why would why, why is that impossible? Because I have dealt with her for four years. I went I've interviewed her. Five times I've gone on the Today Show with her. I've done a CNN interview with her. If you you ought to know that when you go through that experience with people, and you understand what makes them tick and what makes them work and what they're capable of and what they're not. And more importantly, if she knew, I mean, this is a woman who hangs up on me when I curse. Okay, this this is yeah, but John, but John, but John, that doesn't, but John, that doesn't mean that doesn't that doesn't mean shit. You know that 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 doesn't mean shit. No, that doesn't mean anything. It's a stupid argument. You know that. 
What? That's a dumb argument because she's because she's a church lady. It doesn't mean that she that, that she was no, aware that her husband was molesting I be, kids. I would have been easily able to figure this out over four years of dealing with her under incredibly stressful circumstances. And listen to me, she why why does she go and drive seven hours each week, three and a half hours each way in a a jalopy with almost 200,000 miles on it from her home in State College where she stays for some bizarre reason, even though her life would be a lot easier if she left State College of Pennsylvania, and drive uh, to the other end of the state to visit Jerry Sandusky because she's for an fucking hour or two crazy. Because she's crazy. Why would she do Because she's that crazy. And by the way, John, people do this. Pe- people do this. She's, no, I agree. I agree. No I agree. That. She's insane. Is guilty she's insane. Lives. Use your brain. She's You're insane. You're not using your brain. All right. It, the, when, when, when he, when he, he is, Sandusky has admitted. Uh, as we know, to showering naked with young boys, right? Yes, he has. What is your take on that? Forget everything else. What's your take on that on its own? I think it was incredibly stupid, but it's being interpreted, and this and people in Boston ought to understand this better than anybody else. It's being interpreted through the prism of the Catholic Church abuse scandal, which hadn't happened yet. That's the number one thing people ought to understand about the historical context here. In 1998 and in 2001, when Jerry Sandusky, who grew up in a rec home where nudity was was commonplace, when, when he did those with stupidly, when he stupidly had naked showers with boys in public places, never in his own home, by the way, which is really bizarre. How do you know he never did it? How do you know he never did it in his own home? Because it was never alleged. Yeah, but no, so what? Doesn't mean it didn't happen. How do you know that? Home, which makes no freaking sense. So if, if, if you, if you think about this logically, here's, here is the problem that one of many that screws people, screws with people's minds. They think psychologically, oh, well, wait a minute, that's insane to be na- showering naked with boys. We, we know about the Catholic Church scandal. This is, this is completely inappropriate. What are you doing? You would only do this if you're a pedophile. That, that, those allegations weren't public until John, after. John, I would have thought in 1997, happened. pre-Catholic uh, scandal, I would have thought it was fucking nutso. That the defensive no, coordinator of Penn State University was no, sleep was have. showering naked with young it boys. Was John, no, it was not commonplace. It, I don't yes, know anybody. Was. I don't know. John, I played sports my whole life. I don't know. Yeah. I've been around it. I don't know anybody, anybody who has done that. Anybody, How and neither do you. you. And How you, old are you? I'm 42. Yeah, Jerry is 73. It's a completely different generation. And uh, Jerry did not do this nearly as often as been, has been mythologized. The reality is that there were a few episodes that, that occurred. It stopped when he was told to stop after 2001. There's no evidence that ever happened after that. And the Catholic Church scandal doesn't become prevalent until after all of Catholic that, Church which is, changes is, the world. It is not so, relevant at all. And not, listen, my dad, my, 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 dad, my dad is that age. I have plenty of, I know plenty of people in my life who are around that age. None of them did that with young boys who weren't their kids. <laughs> We're showering with these kids? Come on. Well, you just made another mistake. You just made another error. Not his kids. That's what I said. The problem here is that Jerry thought of these guys as his kids. Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. But that's, you're sure but that's, of, but that's, you've come to but conclusions that's, but, with but, no But, John, that's not, a, that's not a great defense. The sh- that you're conceiving it's incredibly he, he stupid, and now you're defending it. 
Hold on a second. The allegations that put him in jail and got Joe Paterno fired and everything else that happened at Penn State was not showering with boys. Agree, but I'm asking you about it. You're saying, oh, I don't know if he blew raspberries on some kid's stomach. I don't know if he soaped them up. I don't know if he spooned with them. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I saw why he showered with kids. He was just being stupid. I mean, John, come on. What, what does your gut tell you? My gut tells me that these were stories that were greatly exaggerated by people who got paid millions of dollars. That's the logical explanation for all of this, because there's, there should be O.J. Simpson-like evidence by this point. This has, been, this, this has been investigated now for eight years by numerous agencies, by numerous people, and yet when, with $100 million on the table, there's nothing there's no evidence of any of it. There's, there's should be massive amounts of evidence, and there's nothing. What evidence should I, I'm, I'm, like? What evidence should there be? There should be plenty of evidence. Like what? Uh, well, look at what evidence? Should, what evidence should? What evidence should, what evidence should, what should a 13 year old have if he's being raped by a guy? What evidence it, should he have 30 years it, later? There's Jared Fogle. Look at the Jared Fogel case. There's plenty of evidence in the Jared Fogel case. But that was, but that was, and, and he acknowledged, and he acknowledges guilt. But you're talking about, well, hold on, hold on. So with, so with Fogel, with Fogel, you're talking about text messages and, and correspondence. Yeah, all sorts of different things. Well, Sandusky, you would say Sandusky at that time was not an active social media participant, right? Well, hold on a second. Some of these allegations occur well into the cell phone and text message era. By the way, they tried to they tried to do surveillance phone calls on Jerry Sandusky. They got nothing. But here's the number one piece of evidence that doesn't exist that exists in every single one of these cases. Where's the pornography? Not one shred. Not one shred of pornography on emails or, or on his computer or in his home. Not a shred. And by the way, the only pornography found in the whole case was found in the emails of the prosecutors and the investigators. What about what about the what about the letters that Sandusky sent number four? He, Jerry is a very good letter writer. And yeah, they're, they're referred to as love letters. What about those? They're, they're referred to by, as love letters by people who have no other evidence. So Jerry's a wonderful letter writer to young boys, and he talks about he talks where, about where, he talks he writes a letter to it. He writes a letter number to number four, a young boy. He talks about how he's made mistakes, but he has love in his heart. Are you serious? You, just, you, you think that that's evidence of no, pedophilia? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, Seriously. It, it, do you think that John, if that, John, we asked the question. John, John, if that's, if that, John, if that's, the, a, if that's the only, if that's the only that evidence. Yeah, John, you asked the question. John, John, you asked, John, you asked the question. If that's the only piece of evidence, and I'm going to convict or not convict, I'm not convicting. But you said there's. <laughs> well, there is no other evidence. And you said there's no letters. You said there's no text. nothing. And you said no letters. So I'm saying, how about the love letters he wrote number four? Jerry is a very eloquent <laughs> oh, writer yeah, he's of letters one, oh, who happen sure. to love these kids. That's that is a criminal offense. I didn't, did serious? I did I say that? Did I say that? You said uh, you said there's you said you've come up with you said there's no proof and I just substance. you said there's no letters, there's no text, and I just said number four was I had letters written to it, right? Those letters are not evidence of anything close to a criminal offense. And if they are, I don't want to live in this society. I, again, I didn't say it's a criminal offense. I, you said there were no letters. I gave you an example <clears> of letters. <throat> How about, and again, uh, why, and again? Why, and, oh, hold on a second. In those letters, how come he doesn't make any sort of implication about uh, well, he's not, uh, about sexual Because he's not stupid. That's why. why. He's not stupid. He's not, I don't think he's stupid. That's why. 
Oh, oh, I see. Well, I don't. I, I never said. You know I never what? said Jerry you know Sandusky was stupid. Jerry ever. Sandusky is stupid. Jerry Sandusky is a dope. Jerry, I have gotten to know Jerry Sandusky on. I'm the only one who's gotten to know him on both sides of the fence. Oh, he's just when a big. He's just a big. He's just a big child, right, John? He's a man child. Is that what he is? And I'm telling you, Jerry Sandusky is an idiot. Is he a big? Jerry is he? Is he a big? Is he? Is he a man child? Is that what he is? I think Jerry Sandusky, frankly. I believe Jerry Sandusky to be asexual, which is part of why he got himself in this trouble because he never even thought of any of these things as remotely sexual. I think Jerry Sandusky truly loves kids. I think he devoted his life to kids. I think he got betrayed. I think uh, he's been betrayed by almost everybody in his whole life except those who actually really know the truth of this case, and which is a far larger number of people than people like you ever want to acknowledge because everyone, everyone close to this case who did, who did not get paid, believes that Jerry Sandusky is innocent and it's not even close. Why, who else? It, who else? There's almost, I, I can't find, I can only find one person. Give me a big name. Give me somebody I who I know who thinks, one, give me a big name. Find, give, give me somebody who, who said Sandusky's innocent other than you. Well, there's a guy writing a book about it right who? now. A guy named Mark Pendergrast, who's a very well-known and established author. I, I, his theory of the case is different than mine, but uh, you know, he, he's somebody who has no connection to it whatsoever. There, there, there are all sorts of people who are afraid to come out and say publicly because they don't want to be attacked by people like you who have no clue about the case, and they understand the media grinder and how much the media has invested everything. They've, you guys have invested Everything. You're saying, John. You're saying. Uh, you're saying. You're saying. People like me. I mean, you, uh, the reason I had you on is because a bunch of people, were, a couple guys, are tweeting at me saying to have you on. I was afraid to have you on for some reason. And you retweet a couple, and you knew I wasn't, so I wanted to have you on and talk about. It. I, I would well, imagine they're people. Fantastic. Well, Congratulations. Well, but that doesn't no, mean you're right. But my point is, I'm not. I'm not ducking the issue. I'm happy to talk about. It. Let me ask you this, and this is, and I agree with you also. This is not something that would convict somebody. Uh, so let me preface it. But would you agree that there's a horrendous soundbite? A, I don't know why the fuck he went on there. But when Costas asked him if he was sexually attracted to young boys and he didn't answer yes or no, I mean, what is he thinking? Oh, horrendous answer. And as a matter of fact, when I heard it, that was the first moment that I thought, holy shit, Jerry Sandusky might theoretically be innocent because a pedophile who has been getting away with this for 40 years has that answer down and does not respond in such a pathetic fashion. Otherwise, they would have been caught. So why didn't he just say no? He said, Bob, that's an absolutely insane question. I am not attracted to young boys. Uh, because that's not the way Jerry Sandusky talks. If you go and listen to my interview with him in prison, on numerous occasions, I ask him straightforward questions like that. And his, and as his wife will, is often, will often say, drives her crazy, you could ask Jerry Sandusky what time it is. And unless he has two or three different watches telling him exactly what time it is, he's going to think about it first. He's going to ponder it and give you a response. I would suggest to you that as horrendous as the Bob Costas answer was, it was far more consistent with a naive guy who had never even thought of himself as remotely being a pedophile and was shocked by the question, what do you do? Well, am I sexually well, well, Hold on, hold on. At that time, at that time, at that time, by the time he was on with Costas at that point, John, John, by the time he was on with Costas at that time, he had to prepare for a question no, like that. You don't know the case. You, you understand. John, John, it was the biggest story in the country at you, that point. You have you talked to his attorney? Have you talked to him about what happened with that interview? Have you talked to Bob Costas? You're talking to the only person on the planet who has talked to Costas, who has talked to Sandusky, and who has talked to Joe Amendola, his attorney. Me. I'm the only one. 
So I'm the only one that can explain to you what the fuck was really going on in that interview. What happened? You got arre- when you got arrested last June, what was the story behind that? Oh, so you don't want to talk about what was really going on with that interview? No, we, we, uh, no, because I no, because I think Costas asked him a perfectly legitimate question. He did a good job, right. and and Sandusky whiffed on it. I mean, it's the easiest question of all time. What was his, what was Sandusky's response? He, he I, if if memory serves, he, he, re, he, he repeated not, he repeated he said, no he repeated he the said, question no. he repeated the question. He said sexually attracted to young right. boys, right? Right. Yeah. And then he paused for no, a while. I'm not any human. No, any I'm human not. being would just say. And again, I'm again. If that's your, if that's trust, all you got. If any that's trained pedophile would absolutely. Well, how do you know? No You've way, talked I'm to every not. trained pedophile. How do you know that? How do you how do you know that? You've talked to every trained pedophile. How do you know that? It's basic. Every common trained sense. pedophile. Common it's, sense. It's basic common sense. It's basic. No, it's basic sense. common sense that if you don't rape kids and you ask if you're attracted to young boys and you're not attracted to young boys, you say no. That's basic common sense. Unless you're a dope like Jerry Sandusky and you've never even thought about it and you ponder the question. If he's a dope, that's your if he's a dope, why does he write all these wonderful letters you talk about? He's a great letter writer. Is he? Is he? Does he write stupid letters? There's a, there's different kinds of intelligence. Oh, okay, okay, all right. And, Jerry Sandusky, like a lot of football coaches, I'm assuming as a sports guy, you've done, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with football teams. I've coached football in high school. I've covered football in college and in pro. Co- football coaches are basically Asperger people. They have incredible d- defined intelligence in one area of life and in other areas of life. They're complete dope. Why didn't these, why didn't, why didn't the, uh, Sandusky is. Why, is that why he didn't testify at the trial? No, the reason why he didn't testify the trial, which he desperately wanted to do, was because Matt Sandusky flipped, as I referred to earlier in the interview, and decided he needed to cash out. And they were afraid, understandably so, that if they put Jerry Sandusky on the stand, that Matt could be brought up on a cross-examine or in, in a rebuttal case by the prosecution. And if one juror remembered Matt sitting next to Dottie Sandusky on day one of the trial in the family section, the trial was over. And contrary to media misperception, they thought the trial had gone very well. A big, a big narrative, a big narrative for you at the time, and you were sort of made this into a big deal. So the boy was fourteen, not ten, in that shower. What does that matter? Well, it mattered. You're talking about the McQuarrie episode, yes, right? correct? Yeah, that makes a massive difference. Tell me on why a, on, on a number of levels. Um, because first of all, at the age of almost a month short of your 14th birthday, which is what Alan Myers, the so-called McQuarrie victim, was, who said on the day Joe Paterno was fired that nothing ever happened and doesn't understand why McQuarrie is lying, you mean to tell me that you're that at the age of almost 14, your understanding of sex is the and uh, and your physical development is the same as when you were 10? Are you uh, serious? No, I would say that is, that, that, are, that would be serious? different. That'd be different. Okay, yeah, so that's number one reason why. Number two, it goes to the fact that McQuarrie's uh, ability to witness the event or remember it was not particularly good because the difference between a 10-year-old, or actually, to be clear, McQuarrie said a 10- to 12-year-old, and even since then, McQuarrie has now amended his statement, and, uh, I believe, because he knows that Alan Myers was the person and he knows what Alan Myers' age is, and he has now amended it to say that it could be someone as old as 14. But the reality is that Mike, what Mike McQuarrie 
witnessed was much more of what he heard than what he saw. By his own testimony, he only saw anything for two or three seconds through a steamy mirror in a, in a shower locker room. And it was not until 10 years later when he made any implication at all that it was sexual in what he saw. And by the way, he got the date, the month, and the year of the event flat wrong, thinking it happened after 9-11 when it actually happened before 9-11. I, which, I, which, I, which I would say for a 14-year-old, I can understand how that might happen. You'd think that's impossible? That's That that, that can't happen? You can get date no, wrong? McQuarrie. McQuarrie. Right. Wait, but McQu- so, all right. McQuarrie, who, by the way, McQuarrie has sworn testimony. Paterno does. Gary Schultz. Three different Penn State administrators all have sworn testimony. They're all lying. What are you talking about? I don't think you understand the case. That- lying that victim number two was molested, right? No. Hold on a second. Gary Schultz, who was the head of the, the yeah. police at the time, yep. has never remotely said anything close to that. And neither neither has uh, uh, Tim Curley, the athletic director. Neither has Graham Spanier, the president. Neither, by the way, has McQuarrie's dad or Dr. Dranoff, the two people he spoke the, to the night of the episode. They recently testified at Mike McQuarrie's civil trial, and they said that what Mike told them did not require them to report anything to anyone, including police, and the doctor was a mandated reporter for child sex abuse. And he, he testified that three times he asked him that night, Mike, did you see a sex act? And Mike said no, three times. I mean, this is not complicated. Mike McQuarrie got manipulated. You want to know why he got manipulated? He got manipulated because when he got he got contacted by investigators, he thought he was being contacted because a couple of months before he had sent na- naked pictures of his dick to a through a Penn State phone to a woman not his wife. And you know who was going to report that and ended up getting censored? Don Van Atta of ESPN. And you know the proof I have of that? A taped conversation with Don Van Atta of ESPN, which you can find on YouTube. It's all very clear what happened here. Aaron Fisher lied. Mike McQuarrie got manipulated. Those were the two pillars of this case. We were told those pillars were of steel. They were not made of steel. They were made of sand. And everybody but the media, which views this case as their own Santa Claus, those pillars have disintegrated, and Jerry Sandusky is innocent. Let me ask you this. Okay, let me ask you this. You're, you're, you're a bright, passionate, articulate guy. You've had a, 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 a good career in radio and television and all that. This is not, you know, you've made your case. We disagree. That's fine. But you've laid it out. You've put a lot of time into it. Uh, you're not going to be right. I mean, not, whether you're right or not, you're not going to win. You're not going to be vindicated. It's not going to happen. You know, that's not going to change. Sandusky's never getting out of prison. He's never going to be found innocent in the public eye. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, you, you, I, that's not a, I mean, like you said, you've hurt your career. I think you obviously believe Sandusky's innocent. But what is the upside? No, I, I mean, I don't you, believe it. I know it. Okay, but I, you, but you, but you don't think that Sandusky's ever going to get out of prison? No, in fact, I've been, I have been outspoken saying he's going no, to die in prison. So then, so then, why are you doing it? Because I don't want to live in a society where someone knows this to be true and doesn't speak out about it. I, I, I don't, I can't live with myself. In fact, the, the only time, the only time in this whole case where I had trouble sleeping, and I've been on this case now for almost five years thinking at first that there was no way that Joe Paterno was involved in this and that he got railroaded, and then I, and then I came to believe that all this is bullshit. The only time in that almost five-year period where I've had trouble sleeping was after I went on the Today Show the first time and after three times being asked by Matt Lauer, 
effectively said that Matson that, that Jerry Sandusky was guilty, and, uh, and and I I I was concerned at that time that I had done something that did not was not consistent with my beliefs, was not consistent with my gut instinct, uh, and I, that I maybe be partially because Franco Harris, NFL legend, had urged me not to say anything that indicated that Jerry was innocent because it would harm the case to, to defend Joe Paterno, uh, that I had, had done something that I was going to regret. And when I got letters from Jerry Sandusky following that Today Show appearance, I didn't want to open them. And that told me that my subconscious was was eating at me, and that's when I embarked on a year-long investigation to make sure that my gut instincts were right. And my gut instincts have been vindicated in every possible way, and it doesn't matter that I know I'm going to lose. I know I'm going to lose, but this, the truth ought to matter. This was a massive injustice, not just to Jerry Sandusky, but to a university and to Joe Paterno and to those three administrators who are still never even faced trial five years later, even though most of the charges against them have been dropped. This is the greatest injustice, the greatest case of media malpractice I've ever heard of in my entire life, and I am proud to stand up for the truth because I know I'm right, and if you care about the truth, go to our website, framingpaterno.com, and it's all right there for you. Who, If you had the, the blame pie, who gets the biggest slice of it? Media? Somebody at Penn State? Who is it in your mind? Oh, my God. There's so much. Well, if you had to pick around. somebody, if you had to say, listen, this person is most responsible for this happening. I think the person who most easily could have fixed this, uh, and because it was in his self-interest to do so, but who screwed up, was Joe Paterno's son, Scott Paterno. I think Scott Paterno fucked this up more than anybody else. In what way? Because Scott Paterno, who didn't know Jerry Sandusky from Jerry Glanville, decided that Jerry Sandusky was guilty before there was any evidence and decided, and he's a lawyer, although he's not a good one, <laughs> and he's not a smart guy. He was born on third base and thought he had a triple. Uh, he's actually an idiot. Uh, he decided, understandably, that he needed to protect Joe Paterno at all costs. And, that, and his effort to protect Joe Paterno and isolate Joe Paterno, and I believe, I think he effectively, though not intentionally, manipulated Joe Paterno into believing that Jerry was in fact guilty, even though he hadn't really had any contact with Jerry in 10 years at that point, I think that set the dominoes in motion because part of why Jerry didn't get a fair trial and part of, ironically, why Joe Paterno got fired was that when the shit hit the fan, there was never any question about Jerry's guilt because the Paterno family had effectively declared him guilty. We skipped the first step of all this. All this should never have happened in the order in which it did. Why aren't you no, right? Why aren't you to check? Why, the why haven't this? Why haven't this? Why haven't this Pentagrass write a book? Why aren't you writing a book about this? <clears throat> well, <laughs> I have written several online books. I've not made a dime from this. I've pledged never to make a dime from this. Uh, I'm not an established author, although I've written a couple of books. I've been too outspoken, probably, for anybody to publish a book about this. Mm -hmm. I've been I've told Ben DeGrasse I don't think he's going to be able to get his book published, but apparently uh, my understanding is that there, he now does have a, a publisher for the book. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I disagree with his theory on the case. Uh, and I don't think it's going to make much difference. But I'm, I'm telling you, Scott Paterno, Jay Paterno, his brother, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe's son, who actually did know Jerry Sandusky, absolutely knows Jerry is innocent. But he can't say it because it's against the family uh, position on this case. So what is your take? What is your take on Joe Paterno? You know, it's uh, a great question. Uh, I think that Joe Paterno ended up uh, being railroaded here 
not of his own doing. I think his intentions were the best. But I think that his greatest sin in all this was not retiring when he should have. If Joe Paterno had retired when he should have, none of this happens. None of it. None of it. Uh, but it's also important to point out with regard to Joe Paterno, if Joe Paterno doesn't testify in the way that he did, Jerry Sandusky is in Florida playing golf today. And that's not even a question. Without Joe Paterno, the prosecution has no case. And you know the proof of that? The last person they spoke to, the last person they spoke to on the record before they arrested Jerry Sandusky was Joe Paterno to make sure that they had him on the record again after his rare, very ambiguous uh, and vague grand jury testimony. Joe Paterno got an incredibly raw deal here. And, and now, because of the $100 million that Penn State paid out, and by the way, it's important to point out, I don't even know if you know this, I have a fake accuser in the Penn State settlement system who, who went to one of the key attorneys in this case. I have it all on tape. They were, he got completely embraced. His story got manipulated and got and, and, and looks and sounds almost exactly like the 1971 story, which is complete bullshit that implicated Joe Paterno. This whole thing is a scam. And if you open your eyes, open your mind, use your brain and your common sense and don't believe the media bullcrap, it's obvious to anybody, and it's all there at FramingPaterno.com. All right, Joe, John, we'll let you go. We, you gave us an hour. We really appreciate that. And we'll, uh, we'll be keeping in touch with you, I'm sure. And whether we disagree or not, I appreciate you coming on here and fight. And, uh, and I know it's not helping your career uh, doing this. So I do appreciate that. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Enough About Me podcast. Actually, you know what? I'm really not thankful at all. You should be thanking me. You get this shit every week, these great podcasts, totally free. Do me a favor. Would you go to iTunes, download it, go to Stitcher, do the same, and leave a rating, leave a review. That's where you can help me out. This podcast is going to be number one again. I guarantee it, and you're going to help me along with the process. So for that, I guess at the end, maybe I will thank you. There's a lot of thank yous going back and forth. Here's the point. Fuck you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.